Sunday morning, I started talking about the Declaration of Independence and wishing everyone a happy 4th of July. And uh, I read some of the first part of the Declaration of Independence, and it was a unanimous declaration that it was basically saying that we have the right to pursue, uh, you know, um, liberty, we life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and then safety and happiness were a couple of the other sort of words. And, and we know that <clears throat> those rights were not immediately granted on July 4th. There were numerous groups of slaves. There were other people that were discriminated against, whether it was Jews or whether it was the Irish or the Poles or the African Americans or uh, you name it, the Native Americans, and we can go through and and yet there was this declaration and yet the same applies to us when Jesus said, if you commit sin, you're the servant of sin, but if whomsoever the Son shall make you free, and you can be free indeed. Or in the declaration, you can have freedom. The Lord will declare you free. You have to sometimes fight for that freedom. You have to walk in that freedom. You have to pursue that freedom. It is not <clears throat> just going to be that, okay, I got the Holy Ghost, and now I'll never have to battle a habit. I'll never have to battle a bad thought. I'll never have to battle a desire of the flesh. I am totally free. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. It is free indeed. There's a declaration, but we have to pursue that. And <clears throat> I indicated and noted that how Matthew in, in records in Matthew that Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And some said John the Baptist, and then some said Jeremiah, and others said, uh, you know, uh, that he is one of the prophets. One of them said he's Elijah. And so you have this group that were basically saying, we don't know who you are, but we know you are uh, somebody. You come in the likeness of somebody. Of course, Simon said, thou art uh, the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, uh, and I asked the question, and it was um, the, the, the question that I asked was, why Jeremiah? Why was Jesus uh, thought of as being Jeremiah? Why, you know, okay, John the Baptist, you repent. Elijah, you do miracles. <clears throat> John the Baptist lived in the wilderness. And why Jeremiah? And I, and I don't know all the reasons, but there were some that I thought were important. Number one, Jeremiah knew his destiny and his purpose. And it began right in the first chapter when the word of the Lord spoke to him and said, you are Jeremiah and I know you by name. And, I, and he, he says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you before you came out 
of the womb, I sanctified you. And basically, he says, I have, uh, <clears throat> have ordained you to be a prophet. I gave you a way to be a prophet. So <clears throat> the powerful part of that that I was mentioning Sunday was that the Lord knows us by name. He's very personal. He's very intimate. And to name someone is very hopeful, you know. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, um, when they named Jacob, they called him heel grabber. And that's not a, a real uh, <clears throat> wonderful name, you would have to say. You would say, oh my, uh, let's go, to, go see heel grabber. Let's see manipulator. Well, <clears throat> that wasn't very hopeful. But anyway, later, uh, he, the Lord changed his name. So knew him by name. And we talked about the importance of that personal, uh, intimate connection and, and how it's very different than the Declaration of Independence, which was simply a document for everyone. Then we, we talked about going out to eat. Anybody ever been out to eat? And the interaction between whoever you're eating with and the waiter. And unfortunately, some folks treat God like the waiter. Lord, I need another glass of water. Lord, how about some more Brussels sprouts? Can you take this steak back? I didn't like the way that was cooked. I'm kind of in a hurry now. Could you step on it? Anybody, none of us ever treat waiters and waitresses that way. And then, how do we talk to whomever else? Is, you know, usually we stop talking when the waiter comes up. It's like, you know, we're having this conversation and we're talking about our day and the waiter comes up and everybody stops. Now we're going to talk to the Lord. And some people treat their relationship with God in the same way. It's like, okay, I'm going to do all my stuff and I live for myself on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And Okay, I'll stop for a moment. Come to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go home. Okay, now boom, boom, boom. Sunday morning. I'm, I'm, okay, now go home. And unfortunately, the Lord wants to be the one with whom to have the intimate conversation. He wants to be the first one you talk to in the morning. He wants to be the one you talk to when you go to bed at night. He wants you to delight in him. And so then uh, we talked about uh, how that God knew us before we even knew him and God knows our potential and our destiny and mentioned about an eagle and how that an eagle will stir the nest and yet the little eaglets have legs, they could walk. The little eaglets have talons, they can cling to a, to a branch, but they were meant to fly. And that mother eagle is not satisfied with that eagle staying in the nest. That little eaglet, it's time now. I don't know if she gets tired of bringing them fish. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Brother Carter Hall was talking to me today as they came in and he said, uh, well, we, we had a checkup today and we thought we might have a baby, but I'm glad it's, it was not here today. 
And I looked at Jessica and I said, yeah, let's put that off till after the first of the year. And he was glad. He said, it's less diapers to change, you know. But unfortunately, uh, you know, the mother probably will have a different opinion, you may ask her later. Anyway, and yet, you know, why, um, you know, the Bible says many are called and few are chosen, but that's not because God hasn't chosen us. And so we go back to Jeremiah, the first chapter, and we see that Jeremiah, the sixth verse, he said, I, the Lord, uh, he uh, starts arguing with God. When God tells him his destiny, Je Jeremiah argues with him. And I don't think that's very unusual. Moses did it. Others have done it. Who am I? I can't do this. I can't. I, I've had people tell me, well, I can't go to church as much as y'all go to church. I can't do what y'all. Huh? I said, well, you, you haven't let the Lord show you what your destiny is. You're stuck in a nest trying to walk. And the Lord's trying to shake that up. And so he starts in, well, I am a child. I can't. And the Lord encourages him in the sixth through the ninth verses. And then the 11th through the 14th verses, there is, he talks about a vision, a vision of an almond tree. And he said a powerful, positive statement. He said, uh, I will hasten my word to perform it. Meaning the almond trees are the first to blossom and, and start bearing fruit. And so the, uh, right off the bat, the Lord tells Jeremiah, yes, there's destruction coming. Yes, there's punishment coming, but I am still in control. It's not like I'm not in control. And I, I think that's important for us to recognize in this hour, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what's going on, the Lord has not lost control. In fact, the next vision was a pot of boiling water. And he said, a seething pot, and it's up in the north, and I'm going to pour it out on Israel, and it's going to sweep over the land. Of course, amazing, you know. Say, so that's terrible. Yes, but in the midst of all of that, what he is telling Jeremiah is, I'm controlling it. And so when a person says, oh, the, you know, the world has gone crazy and people are killing and this is going to, do we pray for them? Yes, sure. Do we, I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like to hear all the shootings and all of that. But listen to me carefully. The Lord is still in control. And he ends up that first chapter by saying, I've made thee a defensed city, an iron pillar, brass walls against the whole land, even against the kings of Judah, the princes, the priests, the people of the land. They're going to fight against you, and they'll not prevail, for I am with ye, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. So no matter how bad it gets, if the Lord knows my name, if the Lord knows where I am, if the Lord knows who I am, 
It shall not befall me. You say, well, it's shaking. Everything's going crazy. Yes, but we're a defense city, iron walls. And then Jeremiah, the Lord, the Lord keeps speaking to Jeremiah and it's almost these prophecies of negativity and, and he weeps and I know Jeremiah was a weeping prophet, but that's not what made him like the Lord. But listen very carefully as you go through the second chapter, he said, the people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me and then they've hewed cisterns broken cisterns. In other words, what he's saying is people aren't getting their strength, their joy, their love from the house of the Lord anymore. They're trying to get it from something over here. And no matter what you create over here, it's like a broken water pot. It will never satisfy. The fountain of living water is what will satisfy. He goes on, third chapter, for all of her treachery, they have turned me uh, with their, they have not turned to me with their whole heart, but feignly. In other words, he said, there are actually people that fake loving God. Now, nobody here, you're on a Wednesday night. But there are people that fake like, oh yes, I love the Lord, but it's from the teeth out. And the Lord calls them backsliding Israel and treacherous Jacob. He goes on to say, return or repent and my anger will, will be stopped for I am merciful. What is amazing is that while the Lord was was telling Jeremiah of the coming destruction of Jerusalem and all the things that were happening, he was still reaching for his people saying, come on, return, repent, do your best, turn it around. And do you know, I am fully convinced that the reason we haven't been raptured out of here is the Lord is still doing his best to get some folks to return and repent and to stop what they're doing. I mean that. There was ever a time for backsliders, it should be now. He said, acknowledge your iniquity. Acknowledge how you've transgressed the Lord, how you've not obeyed me. Fourth chapter. He said, break up the fallow ground. What does that mean? That means you got to put a plow into the hard soil. You know, what does that mean when, you know, when people have been walked on and people have been trampled on and people have been hurt, they get hard-hearted. Well, everybody's fake. Nobody's really, it's not real. There's nothing to this. I don't know anybody that's real. God is real. And that's what he's telling Jeremiah. He says, don't sow among thorns. Then he says, circumcise yourself. Circumcise your own heart. The fifth chapter, your iniquities have turned away these things. Your sins have withholden good things from you. 
the verse I don't like to read, a lot of times, like, Lord, why, why this happened? And the Lord starts telling me, and I go, oh, sorry, Lord. Maybe you've never had him do that to you. Oh, yeah, I, sh- I, didn't, I didn't start off the day like I should have. I didn't start off praying. Anyway, hallelujah. He said, they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed? No. And, you know, we've had people that will talk about, you know, oh, it's all is good, all is wonderful, it's all good. When it's not, he said, ask for the old paths. Go back to the good way. Walk therein. You shall find rest for your soul. And again, he tells him, I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people. I want to tell you something. If no one else is doing right, you do right. You be a tower and a defense. You be a fortress for everybody else. Because I'm going to tell you something. Folks need peace. They need genuine, real peace. We have a world that is stressed out of their mind. I I read where some guy got stressed because of the Supreme Court ruling and said he couldn't come to work. His boss fired him and he put it on TikTok or whatever, Instagram, and everybody was saying how sad. Boss said, I don't care. That didn't affect you. You're a man. We're worrying about it. And it started a whole war. I don't know what company it was working for. I didn't read the article. I just read the headline. What are you saying? This world is on fire. He said, ask for the old paths. The 27th verse, he said, I've set you for a tower and a fortress. Then the 7th chapter, I know I'm hurrying through here, but you can go back and read Jeremiah 1 through 7. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again. And you know where he tells him to go? Right there at the doorway to the house of the Lord. Go to the doorway to the church. And say, hear the word of the Lord, all you Judah, that enter in the gates of worship the Lord. And you say, well, pastor, why are you preaching this? Because Jeremiah preached in the church. And he said, amend your ways and your doings. This were the people that were coming to church. I know all those, the rest of those in Newark are not doing right. How much more do we have to do what is right? Because they're not doesn't mean we get a pass. So, well, at least I'm not as bad as my neighbors on both sides of my house. They don't ever go to church. Jeremiah went and preached at the doorway to the church. And he said, Don't trust in lying words, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. 
In other words, what he was saying is, don't keep saying, well, at least I go to church. At least I go to church. At least I go to church. It's not enough to go to church and live like the devil on Monday. He tells them, you steal, you murder, you commit adultery, you swear falsely, you burn incense to Baal, you walk after other gods, and you come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and you say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Did y'all hear that 650 years after Jeremiah said it? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Go ye into the place which was in Shiloh, and I set my name first and see what happened. Basically, Shiloh was a pile of rocks. And the Lord said, go look at the pile of rocks that were there when I first came. I spoke to you early. That's what's going to happen to Jerusalem. What are you saying? Mark, the 11th chapter. They came to Jerusalem. Jesus went to the temple and began to cast them out that sold and bought in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers, the seats of them that sold doves, would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it is not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. He was quoting from Jeremiah. What was he saying? That's why the Bible talks about judgment begins at the house of the Lord. And when you talk about Paul wrote to Timothy about, he said, in the last days, perilous times, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, continent fierce, despisers of those that are good, tradey, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Why are they denying the power? What was it that Acts said? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What is it about denying the power? The power of God to change your life. We have a lot of people call themselves Christians in this hour. And yet they deny the power of God to transform them. Oh Lord, I'm thankful for the Declaration of Independence but I am thankful that it can help transform me, make me a new creature. And so our job, I hope this year 
as we <clears throat> embrace, I know, month of July and all that's going on is say, Lord, I don't want to deny the power. You have the power to transform. You have the power to change. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for being here. I told them I would let out early so that they could set up stuff in the sanctuary. And, uh, but I've given you a lot of homework. I read it fast. And you can go back and read it from Jeremiah 1 to 7, chapter, and then read what Jesus said. What an hour that we're living in. This is one of the reasons why they called Jesus Jeremiah, because he did not flinch at going to the temple and saying, this has got to be stopped first. And if there was ever a time when the Bible is very clear, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my faith, then I hear from heaven. So pray for one another. <clears throat> pray for Sister Kelsey, Brother Justin, Sister McKinley, these that are sick, but pray that, Lord, I don't want to be... I don't want to have worship from the teeth out. I want it to be a part of who I am. Amen. Let's stand.